0: Hello, and welcome to the Smart Injury Doctors podcast, the injury market's top program for doctors, lawyers, and insurers who want to gain greater insight on how to improve patient recovery results and deliver better services in the U.S. injury market. Please welcome your host, Dr. Jeffrey Allen Kronk. Hey, doctors. Today, what I want to talk about is what should attorneys understand about excessive motion testing? At Spinal Kinetics, we call an excessive motion test, a CRMA, or computerized radiographic mensuration analysis. And by the way, we've trademarked that term. That term is specific to Spinal Kinetics, and it represents the fact that the test is being done in an unbiased manner. It's not being done by the provider. Providers have bias. It's not being done by some you know, outdated software. It's not being done in that manner. So we want, at Spinal Kinetics, we want... You know, people don't understand when you say CRMA, it means it's being done at the highest level. We, use, a, um, we uh, use an AI product that's FDA cleared. So we have FDA cleared radiology technology that we use at Spinal Kinetics. So that's what CRMA means. But what we want to know, what, what, the biggest thing that most attorneys misunderstand is that the only thing that the attorney seems to understand is there's a disc and there's 13 discs, or sorry, there's 23 discs, and there's 220 specialized ligaments, 23 of which are discs, that hold the spine together. So the MRI is a good test, but it's a very deficient test when it comes to a spinal soft tissue or a spinal connective tissue injury assessment. It's very deficient. It's good for the disc, but here's the problem with the disc. If all you have, if if all somebody has is a disc herniation. so Research out there today tells us that there's been an overutilization of MRI. I agree and disagree with that at the same time. There's not been an overutilization of MRI. There's been an overestimation of what the MRI can tell you. Because it's great for disk, but it cannot tell you generally the other ligament damage. Can't tell you what's the damage to the facet. What's the damage to the other ligaments? The other 197 ligaments that hold the spine and the disc together, how, how do you determine the damage of that on, a, on an MRI? MRI is not deficient. It's not designed to test for that. It's not designed to test for excessive motion. When we have imaging, imaging has what are called bioimaging markers. Those are, those are markers that tell you that a condition is there, a pathology is there. So a fracture is a separation of bone. That's an imaging biomarker. The separation of the bone can be picked up on MRI. It could be picked up on X-ray. It could be picked up on CT. But if you see a fracture, you're looking for separation or you're looking for damage to the bone itself. If we're looking for damage to the ligaments of the spine, which provide the stability to the spine, and also, are the most problematic tissues when damaged to cause chronic pain? The number one, number four, and six leading cause of chronic pain, depending on what statistics you look at, come directly from the spine. So, the spine is very important, but the spine's only two tissues, it's just bone and connective tissue. So, if you're gonna do a workup, you know, every attorney in the country needs to understand if you're gonna work up a spinal injury, there's only two tissues. There's bone and connective tissue, and to think that there's only disc, and the disc is the only connective tissue that you have to assess, is ludicrous. It's probably led to the largest increase in chronic pain in in our country today, because everybody relies on, is there a disc herniation? And the disc herniation is fine, but I got news for you. The disc herniation itself is considered to be a pre-existing condition. If you don't have other damage to other tissue, that would be consistent with what the mechanism of injury would leave behind. So let me break that down a little bit so it's pretty clear. When you're injured, there has to be a mechanism for injury. If I stab you with a knife, the knife is the mechanism. If I shoot you with a bullet, the bullet or the gun is the mechanism. If I burn you with hot grease, the hot grease is the mechanism. If you're in an auto accident, the collision creates compressive and shear forces into the body. And that is the cause of the tissue damage. So all injuries are tissue damage. You can't injure a human body without damaging the tissue. So if the spine only has two tissues, two types of tissue, bone and connective tissue, spinal cord is not part of the spine. It's a completely different system, completely different tissue. Spinal nerves are not part of the spine. They're closely intimately related to the spine, but they're not part of the spine. I I could sever your spinal nerve without ever damaging your spine at all. You could also damage your spinal cord without damaging your spine. You could also damage the spinal muscles around the spine without ever damaging the spine. So when we're talking about the spine, we have to be very consistent with the fact that we're talking about two tissues, bone and connective tissue. Now, discs are picked up on MRI. The non-disc ligament is picked up on a CRMA on an excessive motion test, because the imaging biomarker is excessive motion. When those ligaments are damaged, the more excessive motion the motion unit has, the more damage those ligaments, period. It's just that simple. So it is impossible for a patient to have an accurate assessment of their spinal injuries without an excessive motion test, without a CRMA-like test. It's not possible. There's no way to evaluate it. There's no test. Just because a pain management doctor injects into a facet and turns off the pain doesn't mean you know how badly damaged the facet is. It just tells you that the facet inflammation was causing a problem to the nerve that when they shut it off, it shows that there's a shutoff mechanism there. And it's consistent with what what would be there. But it doesn't tell you how much damage there is to the facet. Excessive motion testing does. The more excessive motion, the more problem there is with the facet and the facet caps or ligament. So, this idea in the legal realm that this disc herniation, everybody's got to have an MRI. Okay, that's fine, but everyone has to have an excessive motion test. It's a more critical test because here's the thing. If all the patient has is an MRI and they have an undifferentiated ligament condition, let's say the doctor says they sprained their spine, a sprain is automatically defaulted to a grade one sprain. That means no excessive motion. So if I have a sprain and a disc herniation, I have a pre-existing condition. I don't have a justification for the fact that that g- disc was activated. It was damaged. It herniated as a result of the accident. Why? Because I don't have the consistent, I don't have the documentation for the other tissue damage that would be consistent with a disc herniation that was traumatically induced. Okay, if I got a disc herniation that's traumatically induced, the disc is surrounded by other ligaments. There's no smart bomb of energy that just hits the disc. So... I need to document the non-disc ligament damage, and that's picked up with excessive motion testing. So if I got excessive motion and I've got a disc herniation, I have a much higher indication clinically that that was caused by the trauma itself. So, you know, when you're looking at an excessive motion test, it allows the doctor, any doctor, whether it's a DC, a physical therapist, a uh, MD, a surgeon, a neurosurgeon, doesn't matter who it is, to grade the severity and location of a spinal sprain. Sprains are ligament damage. I can determine the grade, the severity and location of the sprain. More excessive motion, higher grade of sprain. I can immediately tell, uh, for the attorneys listening today, 30% of your clients around approximately have when they're in an auto injury have excessive motion damage to the ligaments the ligaments the spinal support ligaments are damaged enough that the amount of excessive motion they have qualifies them for spinal fusion surgery that's about 30 percent so if you're wondering about your people that are your clients that are in your office that aren't doing well or they aren't getting well they're 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 not doing well it's because they have a injury a significant injury that's usually been undiagnosed and so that leads to underdocumentation, documentation it leads to all kinds of problems. So immediately with the test results, you can tell if the person qualifies for spinal fusion surgery under regular spinal fusion surgery guidelines. I can immediately, the doctor can immediately place the patient into their treatment care uh, guidelines, So that it's much harder for insurers to give early care cutoffs. These are all things, by the way, that increase what is called pre-litigation value. All that pre-litigation value means it just it means that it basically makes it easier for you to resolve the, the client's claim. That's your job. Your your role is to take the medical documentation and to deal with the insurance company and to broker whatever the deal is to get the patient access to any benefits they may be entitled to. That's your job. So you got to take the medical data and you have to do that. So if you're talking about a spinal injury, you have to take the excessive motion study. You have to take the MRI study. You have to take the fracture information, whatever it is. And then you have to make a presentation. But Doctors have to be able to place patients into treatment guidelines so they don't get early care cutoffs. This is what this testing does. It immediately tells the doctor if they have a permanent condition, and it justifies and objectifies that permanent condition, and it's a permanent condition outside of a disc herniation. You can have severe spinal ligament injury damage with no disc herniation at all and the patient's qualified for spinal fusion surgery. Now, a lot of attorneys, I speak with attorneys all across the country, that is so foreign to the attorney. The attorney does not understand. The majority of attorneys who are representing patients today in uh, spinal injuries do not know that you can have severe spinal support ligament damage Without a disc herniation being there at all, and the patient is qualified for spinal fusion surgery and may actually require it, but you don't have the findings. You attorneys are sitting there with excessive motion. Go! I don't really know what this is, or this is new. There's nothing new about it, and it's very consistent with what you need in order to assess a patient's damage in a spinal injury. There's no way to assess the damage of a non-disc spinal support ligament without an excessive motion test. There isn't anything today other than that to do it. MRI is not deficient. It's not designed to show you excessive motion, period. So it tells the doctor immediately, hey, what impairment level do you have? That's another level of documentation. Do you realize that if you have uh, excessive motion to the level that it requires, it it, it correlates in surgical guidelines and may require spinal fusion surgery, that in other guidelines, that spinal ligament injury is equated to a 51% or greater compression fracture. That's the comparable injury. But again, I, I go around the country and attorneys don't, they don't know this at all. It's the simplest stuff. And it's simple stuff to explain, not personally, not based on your opinion, not based on some other doctor's opinion, but objectively what is already been documented about the injuries. So the other thing the test results do is they tell the doctor immediately if they should restrict the patient's activity, because for certain levels of, of injury in athletic sports guidelines... And activity guidelines, there are injury levels that are indicated that mean you have to restrict their activity so they don't further damage themselves or cause another injury on top of the injury that you're already working on. Again, the test results tell you exactly where and how bad the facet injury is. Now, when you need to use pain management services, you already have that documented. It also takes and it makes that disc herniation, turns it into, yes, it was caused by the accident, but it's also a serious complication So, a disc herniation unto itself without excessive motion is a far different problem than a disc herniation that has the spinal support ligaments damaged and it has bad excessive motion. Two incredibly different disc conditions. But again, the majority of attorneys... Don't know that. So what do they want? They want just the MRI. They're looking at the disc herniation. Do I have a disc herniation? They're not looking at the fact that 68% of the adult human population have asymptomatic disc herniations. They're not looking at the fact that research shows that early MRI leads to doubling and tripling disability rates. Now, it's not because MRI is bad. It's because it's limited and it's not actually picking up one of the most significant injuries to the spine that there is. And I, 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 you know, I don't want to be the one to tell you this, but it does. It doesn't pick up that injury. It's not designed to pick it up. It also does not pick up a main injury that's in the cranial cervical junction that mimics the same symptoms as a mild traumatic brain injury or traumatic brain injury, however you want to, you know, however you want to explain it. So the. The fact that attorneys do not understand this, if you're a doctor out there, every attorney should listen to what I just said on this podcast. And if you're an attorney out there and you don't understand what I said and you don't understand how to break down what I just said, um, you are making your life so much harder. Uh, And it's simple. This stuff is very, very simple. As a matter of fact, we have a program called the Smart Injury Lawyers Program. It's a very simple training and education program for lawyers to go over what I just said, what I just talked to you about. So doctors, yes, um, the legal community in the United States is not educated on the injuries themselves, and that is a problem. It's a problem that every single provider out there has to deal with. It's very rare that you have an attorney that actually understands the injuries that they're representing. Now, the, injury, the, the attorneys have always said, oh, I, I just can rely on the doctor. I can just rely on the doctor's notes. I don't need to know anything about these injuries. I just rely on the notes. Well, that's false. Um, you may have said that, you may have said that to other doctors. you may have said that to to yourself a lot. It's false. Let me give you an analogy. You are the person that is selling the injury to the insurer. you're the you're the patient's salesperson, the inju- injury representative. all right Now the doctors in this case would be the doctors. So if you were a car salesman, you couldn't say, you know what? I don't need to know any of the features of it. All these features, they're in this manual. I just need to walk over, give the give the person that wants to buy the car. Here, everything you need to know is in this manual. Uh, I just want $100,000. We're going to send you $100,000. We're going to shoot you out the door with this car. No one would do that. No salesperson in any industry would not have to understand the product that they're selling. If you're selling injury care, you need to know the injuries. If you're selling injury care and you don't know the injuries, I'm here to tell you, you're seriously reducing your income, seriously reducing your income and you're seriously increasing your stress. So it's it's, it's really not that hard. Again, spine only has two tissues. You only got to know two tissues up. You got to know bone workups and you got to know connective tissue workups and then Preferably, you should know the guidelines and the subjective information around the injuries because it makes your job a whole lot easier. And I'm telling you, when it comes to excessive motion and when it comes to ligament damage, the spinal support ligament, the non-disc ligaments, the amount of consensus as to what these injuries mean, what symptoms, the disc herniation basically accounts for about two symptoms the rest of the symptoms are accounted for by other ligament damage but oftentimes in your cases and in, in the attorneys around the country they don't have this even they don't even have this uh, determined they don't have it objectively determined and you can't get this type of information from a general radiology read it's impossible so doctors uh, hopefully this was a uh, you know, kind of an overview for you and also something where if you have an attorney that's struggling with this type of information, send them this this, uh, episode of this podcast so they can listen to it. Because everybody in the country should understand there's everyone, there's not a patient in the country that shouldn't have a standard injury workup. Standard injury workup, it's really simple, looks like this. You walk in, patient comes in, they tell you about the mechanism of injury, how it happened, what their symptoms are. They tell you when it, you know, you make sure there's no gaps in care. There's nothing weird about that. You make sure that there's no active or dormant pre-existing conditions. You do an exam and the examination procedure, you're looking for things that are consistent with new injuries, such as pain and inflammation, inflammation especially. On imaging, you're looking for excessive motion. Excessive motion tells you that the non-disc ligaments are damaged where and how bad. You're also maybe looking for the disc herniation itself. You're ruling out the fact that you have a fracture. That's it. There's not a chiropractor, a medical doctor, a medical specialist that should not be doing that simple workup. Now, you want to make it more complicated than that? Fine. Just make sure those parts are included. That's it. That's all there is to it. So, doctors, I hope this was a good reminder for you on how easy it is to do spinal injury workups. And also, this may be a good resource for you, for your attorneys, when attorneys have a question on, like, okay, what is a non-disc ligament? And why can it be damaged without disc herniation? And why, when it is damaged, does it qualify for spinal fusion surgery? Doctors, if you are interested in our program, I have a program called the Smart Injury Doctors, you would just go to smartinjurydoctors.com or call us at 800-940-6513 and you could set up a consult with me and I'll explain the program to you. Also, if you are uh, interested in spinal kinetics, you just go to spinal kinetics, thespinalkinetics.com and you can start doing testing there. As always, I appreciate your time, your attention, and I appreciate what you do. I, I really do. I appreciate what you do for a living. I look forward to delivering more content to you on the next podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the number one audio production show for professionals in the U.S. injury market that want to deliver better injury services to the patients, clients, or insureds they serve. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review. And don't forget to join us on our next program.